0: Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast, brought to you by Flowpath. I'm your host, Griffin Hamilton. This is the show where I interview industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights into modern-day facilities management. From hospitality to commercial real estate and everything in between, we'll learn what it really takes to succeed as a facilities manager. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Today, I've got Jeff Schrantz. Jeff, how you doing? Doing well, Griffin. Thanks for having me today. Of course, thanks for coming on. And I'm, I'm excited to dive into the topics that we're going to cover with robotics and how technology is really impacting facilities management uh, from that standpoint. But before we get into the, the details here, I want you to give the audience a little bit of context on
1: who you are and how you got into the space. Hey, be happy to do that, Griffin. So um, I am the global head of sales and marketing for AvidBots. Uh, We're an organization based out of the Kitchener-Waterloo area in Canada. Now, AvidBots has been in business really since 2014, you know, designing, manufacturing, selling, supporting fully autonomous robotic floor scrubbers. And for those folks that are not familiar with AvidBots, you know, we we have what we feel is the premier floor scrubber on the market, uh, and we call it NEO. It's our multi-application robot. It's chosen by leading organizations around the world. So you may bump into NEO in airports, schools, hospitals, retail establishments, shopping malls, warehouses. I mean, almost anywhere that there's a hard surface floor uh, to be cleaned, there's a good chance you may bump into one of our machines.
0: That's incredible. And going into just like the overall, like what it does. So you're mentioning, mentioning robots and, you know, floor scrubbing, but I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot more capabilities there and some nuance to it. So I'm just curious more, more so on the technology behind it and how it really operates.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that's really what we talk about in in terms of autonomous cleaning and so kind of by definition, if you want to get geeky here, you know, autonomous cleaning is the automation or the use of robots to clean and, and disinfect areas. And, and as I mentioned, you know, NEO is a multi-application robot. So not only do we scrub hard surface floors, we also have the ability to disinfect high-touch 3D surfaces. So we're one of the few uh, multi-application robots out in the marketplace. And, and you know, the reality is, you know, cleaning floors, it's not the sexiest job in the building, but it's a requirement. It's an absolute requirement because it's the second largest space in the building next to the ceiling and, and, you know, nobody's worried about cleaning ceilings right now. So, you know, we clean the floors.
0: Interesting. And so you mentioned 3D services as well. So uh, how, I mean, I do kind of want to get geeky here. How does it know where to go? How does it move around? I mean, it, I imagine there's a lot of sensors involved in it, and there's a lot that a facilities manager or technician can do to you know, have this technology kind of complement what they're doing day in and day out. But I'm just curious about you know, the logistics there on operating that thing.
1: So you're right, there are a lot of sensors on the machine, Griffin, but, but we're creating a map of the facility. And NEO understands the facility and then on a daily basis determines the best way to go through that facility based on the environment that it's presented with on that particular day. But what doesn't change is the location of doorknobs, handrails, park benches, water fountains, you know, high touch surfaces that require You know, some some uh, some disinfection capability, and we're able to do that with a uh, mounted disinfection unit on top of our floor scrubbing machine. We pull right up to the um, uh, to the object. We spray it with a uh, with a disinfectant solution and then we move on.
0: And with that, you mentioned that being a big part of it, right? And over the last couple of years, don't have to go into detail about the impact of COVID, but uh, peace of mind is something people are searching for surrounding their facilities. How clean are, are our facilities? Are the occupants safe? Are we doing the right things? Do we have the right strategy in place? And so how does just looking at autonomous mobile robots and that strategy, like how does that really lead to that peace of mind? as opposed to me personally going out and you know scrubbing every doorknob, disinfecting every square inch of the
1: building. Absolutely. So so Griffin, a lot of times this cleaning and disinfecting is done at night when nobody's there. But there's a there's a big push now to to be visible with these activities. So what's happening now is that, you know, our machines are running during the daytime in some of the largest retailers in the world, some of the busiest airports in the world. And what folks are looking for and what folks are experiencing is a consistent and efficient clean. Secondly, what they're getting is a measurable clean that can both be quantified and qualified. I want to stop there for just a second because I was visiting with a senior executive of a Fortune 100 uh, company, and, and his exact words to me were, Jeff, we can neither quantify nor qualify what takes place in terms of cleaning our facility when either A, nobody is there, or B, people are there but nobody's paying attention. And so a measurable clean with reporting capability to show what was cleaned, when it was cleaned, how it was cleaned, who it was cleaned by, uh, is very important. But this human labor reallocation to other higher value activities that I, you know, I mentioned uh, earlier that require human dexterity and decision making. Well, you know, let's face it, that's where humans should be working, not on manual tasks such as scrubbing floors or, or wiping off the tops of trash cans. We are also able to assist with the current labor shortages. Look, this great uh, resignation that's taken place. You know, our machine never calls in sick. It never misses a shift. It doesn't ask for a pay raise or, or, you know, a day off. The reality is this is the value of robotics. And and most people are able to find a very nice return on investment as a result of, uh, you know, the move to this technology.
0: Yeah, and so as an executive, if you are looking at, Deploying this type of strategy you, you you mentioned data in that collection there What are the specific data points that people are requesting and what are they doing with that? What can I do with that type of data?
1: Yeah, so as an example uh, We're in a uh, we're in a food processing uh, facility uh, up in the Northeast United States uh, You know a building that as you can imagine, you, you know, the FDA uh, comes in repeatedly and you know inspects the cleanliness of the building so in the past What they might have been looking at is a eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that's got Griffin's initials on it that says, yeah, I cleaned the building. Now they're able to look at a full detailed report with mapping of exactly what was cleaned, when it was cleaned, how much water was used, you know, what day it was used, what areas were missed and why. And so this level of accountability uh, is really important for folks that, you know, have those needs for inspection and accuracy. But if you don't have those requirements of inspection and accuracy, you're still interested to know what was cleaned, when it was cleaned, how many square feet per hour uh, were cleaned. And if you've got some, you know, green initiatives, you probably want to know how much water we used. All of that information is available on our reporting, uh, and it's available the moment, the absolute moment that the cleaning has been completed. So it's not something that you've got to wait hours or days or weeks for. The second that that cleaning operation is complete, the report's available for you.
0: So you're telling me not only is it just that part is taken off, that workload is taken off the plates of the technicians around the building, but you're getting that real-time data. And beyond that, it's, you know, your metrics on those green initiatives, right? Because that is something that we've talked about on the show before of that green movement that's occurred over the last couple of decades and uh, really trying to cut costs specific to water usage. And um, that is something where you are capturing that in real time. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, with that, is there any? Have you seen any differences in usage from the actual manual processes versus having autonomous robots
1: going out and doing this on on their own? Well, the reality is, you don't really know how much uh, water has been used when it's a you know it's a manual machine that's been you know manually filled. So, uh, you know, and then manually uh, you know emptied. So. Uh, we believe, you know, that uh, with this level of autonomy, we're using less water, uh, and you know, it can be it can be managed and it can be monitored. I mean, there are there are different settings on our equipment that you can you know lay down more water. Let's say that uh, you know it's at the front of a retail store in the middle of the winter and it's sloppy and salty and messy at the front door. You probably want to put a little more water on the floor. Uh, you have the ability to uh, to do that scrub it, and then suck it up through our vacuum into the dirty water tank. Interesting.
0: And I imagine beyond the the metrics and data that you're capturing as well, I mean, this is industry agnostic, correct? Yes. It's just a building, anything that is there to be cleaned. And so what have you seen from from different industries adopting this type of strategy and how like the secondary benefits beyond just, okay, we have a labor shortage that we're all facing right now and that's being automated, um, to supplement our current labor force. Uh, we're capturing this data so now we can make strategic decisions based on this data. But beyond that, what auxiliary benefits do you see across different industries there?
1: Well, it's really, uh, a message that uh, you know that that a that a business owner or a business in general is sending to their workers, or a message that they're sending to their consumers. So as I mentioned, you know we're in some of the largest retailers around the world, and these machines are running during the day. So imagine that you're shopping in this facility, and and you know you've got concerns over cleanliness or you know, hygiene or, you know, COVID, whatever the case may be, and you see this robot going around the uh, the building that's scrubbing the floor, sweeping the floor, and, and uh, you know, you've got a clean surface, well, y- you might not be so terrified to, you know, have your child sit on the floor while, you know, you finish your shopping. But I, I can tell you, I talk to a lot of chief human resource officers as well, because you never really know what somebody's motivation is in purchasing this piece of equipment. And, you know, chief human resource officers have told me that, you know, their exit interviews of people leaving the business was because they didn't feel like their environment was health and safe, you know, for uh, for them to operate in. So dusty, dirty environments, people having respiratory problems. So, you know, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder as it relates to robots. And, and, you know, sometimes we're talking to engineers. Sometimes we're talking to facility managers. Sometimes we're talking to, you, you know, uh, uh, human resource officers. And sometimes we're talking to store managers. So it just depends on, you know, who has this strategy on clean and who places this higher level of importance on the cleanliness. But, but overall, the cleanliness of facilities has never been you know, more front and center in terms of, you know, people's awareness and and the desire to either work in or shop in the cleanest environment possible.
0: Yeah. And a point you made earlier was respiratory issues, right? And how we've talked about on the show before the importance of indoor air quality and making sure you're t- on top of your PMs on filter replacement programs. Uh, but now you're taking to that next step of dust and allergens, you know, on the floor. So now you're getting in on both sides of it. And I mean, we've talked about it with schools and you, you mentioned children here earlier about just, you know, They're kids, right? They're going to roam around and sit on the floors and put their hands everywhere. And knowing that not only what they're breathing is going to be clean, fresh, healthy air, but the surfaces, you know, that's that peace of mind that we're referring to. And that goes to, you know, the schools you're talking about, uh, retail where consumers are walking around. So uh, that is another complement to what we're what we're trying to do and move the industry forward and having that focus on, you know, our the health of the occupants in each and every building.
1: Yeah, and the last thing I'll say on that, Griffin, I mean, you know, we we have uh, robots uh, cleaning the floors in a lot of school systems, but think about what takes place in those school systems. Kid puts their backpack on the floor, takes their backpack home, puts that backpack on the kitchen table. A couple hours later, we're having dinner on that same table, right? Uh, Forklifts, driving through a facility, kicking up the dust, right? And so as forklifts are going through a facility, that dust is getting kicked up. Guess who's breathing that in? The forklift driver. So you know the, the the floor is the second largest uh, surface area in a building, second only to the ceiling. And you know we haven't figured out how to clean the ceilings yet with robots, but we're uh, we're cleaning the heck out of those floors.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And I, I guess on that, um, you mentioned uh, several good points there as far as the initiatives that we've got and just you know the impact that this could have, right? Um, my, I guess my, my question there would be surrounding like, how you would deploy this strategy. So we've gone over the benefits of it and there's, there's several different technologies out there that could help automate these processes. Uh, but from a strategic standpoint, how do you go from, okay, I'm fully manual into now um, supplementing my workforce with autonomous vehicles?
1: Yeah, so uh, first and foremost, do your homework, right? And so there's just a lot of technologies out there, and you need to figure out, you know, what options are available depending on exactly what you're looking to accomplish. At AvidBots, we really pride ourselves on our customer success program, And, and that is a team of experts at AvidBots that are with, you know, our customers from day one and going forward to make sure that Neo delivers the best clean every time you press go. Because that's why you purchase a robot. You want to push go, and you want it to go and do what your expected outcome is. And we also assist with onboarding, training, implementation, and then optimization. So I would say, you know, if you're thinking about deploying this strategy, you're looking for a company that, you know, to partner with that can support your organization through the entire process, from deployment and, and then long after the sales process, whether it's maintaining the equipment or optimizing uh, you know, what the equipment's doing. There's a lot of tools out there, there's a lot of places that you can go and do your research, but you know, y- you need to do your research.
0: Yep, and, and that is something else that we've talked about on the show many a times is just doing your due diligence where it's what's, what works for you, right? And not only for you, but in the current, uh, time, but looking looking ahead, right? What initiatives do you guys have? Um, and how can this technology that you're looking to adopt and this strategy that you're looking to implement, how does that have that impact? So certainly doing your due diligence there. And with that, I know we're talking a lot of about different technologies available that haven't necessarily been available to facilities managers in the past. How does this type of technology complement the tech stack that has been more commonly used across the space.
1: Yeah, great question Griffin. So, uh, we believe it's important that when you are implementing an autonomous cleaning solution that it's got to play well with the other AMRs in the building that you know might already be in place. So, uh, our particular piece of equipment, Neo, is self-contained. It works very well alongside other AMRs. Now, and this has been done by design. But but here's the reality. You know, you've got to make sure that you're looking at technologies that can coexist, coexist and function alongside other technologies. So, you know, the more automation that comes into an environment, the more important it's going to be that they all get along and they all, you know, can operate independently of one another, but also uh, working alongside uh, and with one another.
0: Yeah, and I, that's where I get excited about where we're going as an industry is just how these are going to be, co- be more and more common to, use technology adopt technology and make us not replace us but make us a lot more efficient right and what we're made to be doing on a day in and day out basis and eliminating a lot of the manual processes that we are currently struggling with especially once again with that uh, labor shortage we're we're fighting right now
1: yeah you know the biggest challenge that that we experience griffin is you know we'll we'll go into a place and somebody will see a robot uh uh, you know starting to be deployed and they'll say oh well i guess griffin's going to be losing his job Well, you know, the reality is we have no desire to replace humans with robotics. We have a desire to make, you know, the human capital actually more productive and more effective and more valuable in the organization because now they can move on to more valuable tasks. Now, cleaning the floors is important. It's not the most valuable task in a facility. And and so let that be done by automation and let those humans, uh, you know, with, with you know the dexterity and decision making that only humans have, you know, work on the higher value task.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I, that is an important important point to make. Where uh, we do see people are reluctant to adopt technology, especially if it's something they've never used before, and that could easily be one of the one of the many reasons why they may be a little reluctant to engage in that type of conversation. Uh, but it is something where if you take a step back and you look at your day in and day out. And what you're doing, not just professionally, but even personally, there's so much technology that we just take for granted that we're already automating a lot of things that weren't previously automated. And uh, prior to hit and record, you brought up the self checkout line, and that, you know, to your point, it's a robot, and that's something that we've embraced, and we're looking at more efficiency there. And with you know, looking at grocery stores, now their employees
1: can go focus on higher value tasks. Stocking shelves. Look, when I'm, when I'm out in the marketplace, I don't see anybody purposely standing in a long line so a human can grab everything in their shopping cart and slide it across a scanner. People make a beeline for the self-checkout lane, and guess what? That's a robot. And, yeah. and the people that are not standing on that cash register are restocking shelves or they're you know moving materials around a building. So you know robots are everywhere, just in different forms. If you look, you know, they're, they're, they're all around us. And, you know, we spend a lot of time educating our customers on how, you know, our robot can work seamlessly alongside their their organization and their employees.
0: Yep, that's great. And Jeff, this has been a great conversation. I'm glad that uh, you've been able to come on and explain just this new technology, new or technology that uh, is really helping out a ton of facilities, organizations out there, once again, be more efficient with their uh, time and resources. But uh, before I do let you go, I've got one final question I ask everybody, uh, but who or what has had the biggest impact on you and your
1: career? Um, I worked for a guy named, uh, I worked for a guy named Chris Borkovich at uh, ADP. I spent 12 years of my career Chris was uh, our senior vice president of sales. Then went on to be uh, the president of uh, National Account Services at ADP. Uh, he was a no-nonsense guy, um, and a lot of things I learned from Chris over the years that I had the pleasure of working with him have really, you know, framed and guided me in my career. So uh, I'd have to say, you know, he's one of the biggest impact guys that uh, uh, has had on my career.
0: That's great, and it's funny. Everybody has a quick answer to that where you know there's always that one mentor that comes to mind and you know it's it's interesting to hear uh, different responses as, as we've gone through and I think this is going to be episode 50 being released so uh, you're the lucky number 50 uh, but that's incredible and, and again Jeff certainly appreciate you coming on and providing a little bit more context on uh, these new technologies out there but uh, that's really all I've got and like I said thank you for your time your expertise and it's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Griffin, thanks for having me on today.
0: Of course. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and follow us on LinkedIn for more facilities management content.